we have built this rock solid relationship because we're now not operating as two separate entities, but we are a team and what will help the team. And one of the biggest things that helps the team is us being on the same page. We do weekly marriage meetings. We make sure we prioritize our intimacy, even during busy seasons, even if it's a small session, you know, it's just something. And so that's been the biggest change. And it's, it's really great. Cause now when I share business stuff with him, he's a part of it. He's rooting for me. I'm rooting for him. And it's just so different. I don't look at it as my business, my money. I look at it as this is just one leg of our financial future. That's just letting us be this beautiful couple together. And we're really having a lot of fun now. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Check, a Soulfire production. So many of y'all know that technically Jordan... I don't know. I already already wanted to start the show very sillily and say, is my subordinate. He is technically my employee. If we look at my brand and our business, I had the company before Jordan and I got together for a little over a year. And then we got together when, when I first started. Now, if you really date back, I don't know, some of you might who are listening might be follow followers of mine, OGs from like way back when I got started over six years ago. And my blog was called the Violet Butterfly. And so my LLC is Violet Butterfly LLC. It doesn't, it wasn't great branding because what does that even mean? So I, we are doing business as Sex and Love Co. And so anyway, that makes quite a bit more sense for us, but early stages when it was Violet Butterfly and, and, and I was the sex educator and The majority of what I was doing was just educating on the dynamics of sex and sex toys and sexual health and wellness and expression and all of that. And so as my brand and my businesses developed over the years, and then Jordan wound up leaving his corporate gig with Bulletproof. Some of y'all might be familiar with the company Bulletproof. And at the time he was still doing, or he was doing men's work part-time while he was also working for this nutrition and health and wellness company. And so he left Bulletproof and then wound up exploring what it would look like if he were to go all in on men's work and men's coaching and performance coaching, kind of leveraging his health and wellness side and nutrition side, because he is a hashtag keto bro through and through. He also looks like a Greek god. And so he just, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it, but especially watching what he eats all day, you know, majority of his calorie intake is supplements and powders. And I'm like, I don't know, well, the nine abs speak for themselves. So I'm just going <laughs> to throw my hands up. But anyway, that was the, the, how we got together, you know, COVID hit. And then, you know, he was kind of toying with, do I want to go into comedy? Do I want to go that route where I'm on stages and I'm going to, you know, open mic nights and I'm doing that. And then he was also doing the coaching. And then when COVID hit so much of what he was exploring it couldn't happen in the same way. And so we had some really tough conversations about what it would look like for him to just merge what he was doing instead of having his own LLC and his own company. What would it look like if we bridged, like if we came together and then under the Sex and Love Co umbrella, he worked with men, I worked with women and we worked with couples. Eventually we started working with couples after a decent amount more, I would say trainings and workshops and knowledge gathering in that regard so that we could coach so that we could coach effectively couples. And so we spent some time there before we actually started delivering programs, things like that under Sex and Love Co. And so I give all of this like preface just to give you, you know, the timeline as to where we're going here because over the last three years or so, because it's been at the point of this recording, I just had my 
on this day memories pop up that COVID lockdown happened three years ago. And, and this was about the time that we were having these conversations. It was, what is it going to look like? Because to me, I was like, it doesn't make sense for you to have this knowledge base and, and for us not to just team up. We're great. We are such great facilitators together. We're, we have such a, a unique blend, of the silliness and the playfulness and the sincerity and the depth and our knowledge to collectively is really broad. And so I was like, yeah, I was a champion for this. And then he started on the job and I basically panicked where I was like, oh no, you're coming in here. And I've been working for this for years. I have an established brand. I have established community. I've established all these things and you're coming in here and you're trying to change things. And I have to give you a salary. Like this doesn't make any sense. Your salary is almost just as much as mine is, but I've been putting all this effort into, and I just like had, I had a process with it for sure. Outside of that, like, like that's like inner workings of our business of me trying to regulate and like tell myself the truth and things and that we're on the same team. And then our, our relationship and our business just like started to get murky and kind of blend together. And then it was like, we couldn't really talk about anything that, that we, like, we couldn't really talk about anything that wasn't work. It just kind of took over our lives. We were talking about it pretty constant, consistently. Um, and so we noticed this pretty early on, we were trying to pull it apart and figure out what we, we wanted to do. And then again, like throw in as well, my backstory and history of growing up with a single military mom, that whole deal. Y'all, if you've been listening for a while, then you know, I got a lot of the alpha woman situation going on with my system. Like I didn't have a male figure, didn't have a father figure in my life. I only understood that women need to take care of, they need to make the money. They need to take care of their children. They have to be the sole care provider. They have to be everything. They have to do everything. I never saw what it looked like for a man to help out and to take care of his children and to support and to provide for a family. And so, you know, I have this, I have all the, this armor that, that I would say I've accumulated over 30 plus years of my life. That that's my protectors. And at one point they did protect me when I was young and growing up. And now I'm in a safe, beautiful marriage. And my husband wants to be a partner with me. And I, a lot of times am fighting him because I think I know best and I think he's intruding and I think all these things. And so, you know, blend the, the things that I've been prided, you know, I've prided myself on. And then people have given me a lot of great feedback on it's like, oh, you're so bold and you're fierce and you're, and you can command a room and you have all this great stuff about you. But then when I translate that into my marriage and my relationship, that's the stuff that doesn't create polarity. And so I'm starting, I'm like building up to introducing today's guest because this is the conversation that we're going to have more or less. That's my story, my background, you know, and the timeline that Jordan and I have gone through about, you know, being in relationship with one another, being all in, going through our ups and downs. I mean, the most challenging time in our relationship was literally this several weeks leading up to our wedding. And so, and I was just like, whoa, what is actually happening? I feel like I'm in a time, time zone, time, time warp, time warp, what <laughs> you know, that old show, nee, 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 nee. Or I'm like, it's actually twilight zone. twilight zone, time zone, <laughs> central standard time. Yeah. So I would say over the last year, we've really, really, really prioritized how do we have a good grasp on this and how do I heal from some of the things that have been really inhibiting us from being in love and making a great business and a great life and even more money. And so I'm still working it out. I'm still figuring it out. 
And I'm so thankful to people like today's guests that we're going to get to have this conversation about how she's been able to make it work. And I'm so grateful to community and, you know, my in-person community and the community that I have with all of you who are the listeners. That way, you know, topics like this are best served, like best navigated as a mastermind. Like who's, who's figuring this out and how and when and why? And so without further ado, Megan, thank you so much for coming onto the show. I'm so excited for this convo for so many personal reasons. Thank you so much. That was awesome to listen to, by the way. I love that. I was like, wait, I feel so many similarities here. This is going to be a really beautiful conversation. So I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. And so just to kick off the show, because this is, this one is unique, you know, it's having you come onto the show is not having someone who is another sex educator or relationship expert or anything like that. You are an expert in your own field we're getting to have a real conversation. And so about what your business and your life and success and how, you know, basically your journey and your timeline with all of this and, and what's, what it's all led to. I just feel like it's going to be so real for so many people, even if they're not entrepreneurs, maybe they're stay at home moms, which to me, when I see my friends that are doing the stay at home mom thing or the work from home mom thing, I'm like, holy fucking shit. That is way more intense than what I do over here on my side. And I like, sometimes I'm like, Oh my God, my schedule is so fucking busy. And then I see one of my friends and I'm like, just kidding. I'm going (laughs) to shut up now. I'm going to shut now. And so I would love if you could give the audience just a little bit of your backstory and what you do and just kind of like your version of the timeline that I was just describing, you know, and of course we can do your timeline a little bit spread out because I want to double click (laughs) on yours. I love it. Oh, I love that. How you put that. Yeah. Thank you again for having me. I'm really excited to talk about this. And I think I know personally, I love hearing like real stories. I love educators. Of course, I love pros and people who have spent years perfecting their craft, but I'm on the other side. I'm the person who hires the pros has hired your pros. And so I've like really been in it for the last few years with my husband. So we just have a very, I think, beautiful story, very hard story, but very real story. And I think a a rare success story. So I'll kind of tie both in if that's cool, like the the business journey and ours, because it really actually goes hand in hand. So back in 2009, I graduated from San Diego State, go Aztecs, and I moved to LA. Do you know that Jordan's also... San Diego State. No. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. I like he, even more now. A, he's a Kappa Sig through and through. Kappa Sig. There you go. Oh, my God. If I got that he, wrong, Greek he life. will murder me. Our relationship will be over. <laughs> That's just, It's very big Greek life. I wasn't in the Greek life, but I dated someone there. So I got into all the parties, which was wonderful. So I had a great time in college. Loved it. Graduated, moved to LA to pursue film, TV, and theater, even though I made a, I majored in marketing. I was like, nope, this is my passion. I'm going to go do what I want. I got my safe degree. And for about three years, did that started my first business online in a network marketing company and started to really see like the potential of making money online. And this was in 2012 is when I like really started. And that was still very new at the time. I think I don't even think I used Facebook or Instagram in the beginning. I think it was just my Facebook personal page. So very different than it is now. And then I moved home back to New York. I'm originally from New York and I moved back home to really pursue theater because that's where it is. And I met my now husband and we immediately connected and knew I pretty much knew like this was, this was my person. And right away, as far as intimacy goes in our, in our, the way it worked for us was we actually delayed that in our relationship. And it was so foreign to me because I remember being like after about a month and I never share this. So it's really fun to be in a, in a space where I feel so comfortable sharing this. But I remember telling my friends like, 
am I a slut? Why does he want to have sex with me? Like, why are we not <laughs> sex after like a week? And it taught me so much, but a big thing that we had to start working through was just what our relationship with intimacy was going to be like. Cause it was different than any other relationship I'd been with where every other relationship, that was the first thing they wanted. That was the first thing that they sought. And so it was actually really refreshing, but also I thought, is there something wrong here? And so that kind of brought us into a whole new world in a relationship. And we ended up as a lot of people do, I think in their early twenties, or this is our mid twenties, actually having alcohol be a huge part of our relationship and of our intimacy to where we pretty much were only intimate when we, when we were drinking. And so that just to set the stage with that, cause it does have a lot to do with, with the rest of the story. So moved back, started dating and my business started to blow up. And before you knew it, I was able to quit all my side jobs. And then I started my own company outside of network marketing. I saw a lot of potential. I felt really restricted with just that one company, even though it was wonderful and and got me to where I was. And then I started my business now, and I've been doing it since 2018, helping online coaches, service providers build their online businesses, really find what's unique about them and market themselves. And during all of that, as I think happens to a lot of women and something you said really resonated, I became the sole breadwinner. My husband quit his job. He pursued his own businesses, but it really was on me. And I also grew up with a mother who was the sole provider was my father eventually got his own business, but for the majority of my life, she was the breadwinner and constantly working, working few jobs, like was just the, I can do it all and was a great mom. And so I thought that too. So when you said that, I was like, wow, I so feel that. And I've always been very like type A, Enneagram three, go, go, go. We got this. We got this. I'm a generator, all those things together. And so when our, when our relationship, when our, especially our sex life started to go downhill, I amped that up. And before you knew it, I was like in my masculine 24 seven and we had no polarity and we were really, really butting heads for the whole year that I was growing. I mean, my business five times in one year and on the outside, everyone thought, oh my gosh, you're having all the success. It looks amazing. But behind the scenes, my marriage was crumbling. My sex life was non-existent. And I felt like a fraud a lot of that year because this one part of my life was so incredible. And I really dove into it because that's where I felt like this is what I can do. And this is what, what I'm good at. But the most important part was almost non-existent to the point where we then separated. I can go on from there, but I just wanted to, there's a lot to it. So I don't want to go too, too far. No, I think that's, that's, that's so beautiful. And you're like speaking and that's so real for so many people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially today, especially with how, especially with the the messaging that women especially in my generation, maybe, maybe the generation before, yeah, the generation before us, certainly the generations behind us is that you can do and be and have anything and everything that you want all at the same time, if you want it to the point where it's like a trade-off your soul for all these things. Mm -hmm. And so women, I think at this messaging or they, they see this and hear, hear the messaging and then see their moms or see how that shook out. And and think that that's what's going to lead them to be happy is to have all of these things. When in yep. reality, it's the relationships. It's the quality mm-hmm. of the relationships. Because otherwise, they they have t- ticked all these boxes and they have all these, you know, perceivable things, not necessarily tangible, but things like the children and the home and the, you know, everything operates in a particular way. But um, but there's, you know, disconnection from herself first and foremost. And then almost an yeah. over an over, like you say, masculinized, like self-critical and critical towards others. And it's just spirals into 
I think deep unfulfillment in the long run, even if that's like the money doesn't buy you happiness kind of thing, you know, like it's just, wow, I have all of these things and I'm so incredibly unfulfilled. And so, and I don't know if, if that is where, what you were experiencing, because I also know the highs and I know the highs of business where I have a launch that goes really well. And I'm like, holy shit, look what we were just able to do. And not only, you know, our business and the revenue, but how many lives were able to affect change in, you know? And so that feeling of I'm doing my Dharma work and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing here. And that, that like testosterone fueled high. And then, you know, it's almost like if I can't get the love and connection and whatever that I think that I need and that I'm actually not even a place that is receptive to what I ultimately in my head desire, but I'm not in a place where I'm not the energy and the match for what I actually desire. Then I look at my partner and I'm like, what's wrong with you? Why can't you do these things? And then I just go, you know what? Never mind. Fucking never mind. I'll do it all myself and I'll just go back in my office where I get validation and I provide for our family and I have all these excuses. So I, yeah, that's real. That is real. It's exactly, that's where I was, you put it so well. That's where I was getting the validation. That's where I felt like, oh, you're good at this and you're really not good at this other thing. And it wasn't that I wasn't good at it. It's that we weren't communicating. We weren't talking about what was happening, like everything. And we were, the thing is on the outside in, we're best friends and we're really good in front of people. You know, like we, we like jab with each other. We poke fun. Like we're just really good together. And we always had such love and respect and care for each other that it wasn't like there was fighting going on. There wasn't anything like no blowups or anything like that, but there was this underlying constant tension. And it was just obvious. Literally we're not intimate for so, so long that we both felt like it got to that point where it's been so long that how do you even, you're just going to keep ignoring this. And at the time we actually did start seeing a relationship coach. Cause I was like, we, we can't do this anymore. Like I cannot live like this anymore. And you can't live like this anymore. This isn't just, just me. I know he can't either. And we just really got to that point where we needed that help. And it really got to this point where even though we did so much work together and started to explore, I did a lot of feminine and masculine embodiment workshops and and we did like retreats and stuff like that. And it was incredible, but we got to a point where we just needed to separate. And that is like not recommended for most people. And, and I'm not a relationship coach. I'm not an expert in any of this, but my relationship coach always said to us that this was a few years ago. She said, I don't recommend most of my clients separate because the majority don't get back together. It's really, it's really tough. And, but I think this is the right move for you guys, because in our coaching, we found, especially for him, I'd been doing a lot of personal growth work as you do in business, been in therapy, done all that stuff. So it wasn't new to me, but it was pretty new to him. And it opened up a can of worms, lots of stuff from his childhood, lots of trauma, all the stuff that was like, Oh, now we got to work on that. And he felt like, because of the type A person I am, I was like, by the end of the year, if this isn't like solidified and we're not at this other point, I don't think I can do this anymore. Which looking back, I'm like, why did I give this strict timeline to healing? That doesn't happen. (laughs) You can't heal in a certain amount of time. And I didn't know what I didn't know. And so we got to this point where we just needed space for him to really work on his stuff and a process and to deal with all these things that are coming up and myself as well. And so we actually took six months apart right when COVID happened and we didn't know that we were going to be shut down during our separation. So that was really fun. That threw a whole other wrench because we actually wanted to start dating three months in and starting to see each other again. And we couldn't, we were quarantined. So 
by month six, we realized this isn't going anywhere. We we need to work on this together. And it, this two-week quarantine is obviously way longer. So we got an apartment, we moved back in and we really started our relationship over. I really feel like we started our marriage anew at that reunion. And it took about six months or so to really get on the same page and go, we are doing this and we're over this hump and we're going to make this work. Those first six months were questionable. And after that, it was kind of like a rocket ship. We bought a house, we got a puppy. We decided we were ready to start having kids. We hired your incredible coaches. And it's it's been such a beautiful journey ever since. But behind the scenes, I got rid of a lot in my business. I totally changed the way I remodeled everything because I had to. Like a huge part of our tension was how much I was working and how much it was just impacting me emotionally. And kind of like you said before, all of my validation and worth was coming from that. And I knew that was really dangerous. So I had to do a lot of that work too. Yeah. Yeah. Getting the validation for like the generator oriented tasks and the the masculine tasks of production of traditional, like what success looks like, like your revenue and your bottom line and that equals success. And so, you know, I, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I've come to the place like this is where I get validation. And so it's an easy fix. It gets an easy way for me to get attention and, and all of that. And then, and then at some point, like there've been times where then I get the hit, like I, the, I see like money comes in or I see program sell or whatever. And then I, I like lost the feeling. I'm like almost numb to that too. So, so it's like always bigger and what, what's more, but I see that as like a, I wouldn't say that, that those are the kinds of things that I experience frequently. It's like they're barometers, you know, now I am able to look at them personally as like a, Oh, this is external validation. And the success of my my life is based off of the quality of my relationships, including my relationship to my work. And so am I yeah. proud of the relationship that I have with my work? Do I have a nice balance with that? And leaning into femininity, leaning into softness, leaning into grace and ease and being a magnet for things. It's like, oh, well, in work, I can, I can push and I can drive and I can strategize and I can all these things in order to attract but I also want to attract love and I want to attract devotion and adoration and like for my husband to be my hero, which means I, I get to choose to surrender to what I desire the most, which is not being a helpless little girl in my relationship. I wouldn't even know what to do. That's like a character I put on, you know, because I'm like, of course I know how to use like a day ago it was yesterday. I wanted the, um, Dremel, like the drill. What? I don't know what anything's called today. <laughs> the the power tool, you know, like I wanted the drill. I wanted the, I needed to move the legs on my office desk. I arranged my, I rearranged my office. I needed to move the legs from one side to the other side. And I didn't know what bit to put on the tip of it. And so I was like, you know what, instead of just like forcing myself to find this in the garage, I'm going to go to my husband. I'm going to give him an opportunity to be my hero. <laughs> but I had to like breathe through that first, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. I'm going to intentionally let you step in and be my hero. And what was kind of funny was that Jordan was in the middle of writing or he was like in a flow. He had just finished and he was like in a flow and feeling all like focused. And he's like, do you need that now? And I was like, <sighs> and he goes, "Never mind. I'll find it for you right now. Cause he knew, he <laughs> knew in that moment, if he doesn't take that opportunity that I'm going to go, I can do it all myself. And in yeah. that, so he's also aware of the role that he plays in this, like, Oh no, 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 no. You're giving me an opportunity to like 
be your champion and I will save the day by finding the drill bit. He's like, you know, cause all I wanted was the, the tip was the right drill bit. Then he was like, no, no, no I'm fixing the legs right now. <laughs> and he's in my office. Uh, Can I figure it out if I go in there by myself or do you need to give me direction? <laughs> Like, oh my gosh. But this I is love the work. That. These are examples of the work. And yeah. so if I want, I want to double click a little on, uh, goodness, like so many pieces and parts to, to your relationship, because I'm super curious how you were able to do it. You know, I think that Jordan and I are consistently doing better and better with this in our lives. Uh, and there's for sure opportunities for us to do it even better. So when you decided to bring him on and remodel everything. How did that, what did, like, what was the driver? How did that initial ha come on? And and you did mention that you worked with some of our coaches. And so shout out to James and Angela, who yeah. are sex and love co-coaches that work with couples and they are a couple. And I just adore them both. James goes to all of Jordan's men's program stuff and they have come to our couples retreat experiences. I'm not sure if they're coming to our upcoming one, but we just adore them so much. They've, they worked with us for a long time. So yeah, anyway. they're incredible. I mean, joke, but not joke is they're the reason we have our sex life now. <laughs> so okay. yeah, it's been absolutely incredible. Yeah. I love this question. And, you know, I think kind of like hit its head was the end of 2020 after six months of being back together. I was like, okay, I physically can't keep going at the way I was going. We were making incredible income, but all of it required me everything. I did not set anything up to be passive. I had one passive course. Everything else was like high-level masterminds, one-on-one coaching, group programs. And I loved all my clients, but no matter how much you love coaching at the end of the day, if you're on calls all day, every day, you're going to be really exhausted. And so I just decided to cut a few things. I cut one whole mastermind. I cut another one down. I got rid of half my private clients. And so that cut my income a lot. (laughs) And I went, I don't have a plan to replace this. And I can't create the plan until I have the space and time. So that was first. And I know not everyone's in a situation that they can do that. And so I, I totally acknowledge that this was something I felt really lucky that I was able to do, but we got rid of those things. I said, I'd rather take a hit on that. My ego was more hurt than anything because we were well over our means. We were fine, really, really fine as far as like financially and paying for our bills and all of that stuff. So I said, let's just take this hit for a bit. And it was the best thing and honestly, the hardest thing to do because of that validation. I was like, okay, now I'm not getting it there. Now where else am I going to get it? And so we dove into our relationship coaching. We got so into that, that that became almost like a full-time job. So I did start to get it there because I started to see us progressing, which felt really, really great. And some things that I started to do in 2021 was I went every single new program I'm going to put out to try to replace that and build back up. I want to put it out in with the mindset of, can I have a family with this program? Because that's a huge goal for us. That's a really, really big focus for us. And so that was everything that I thought was, can I have a family with this? Can I spend time with my husband? Can I prioritize this? Will this drain me? And it was really tough because it's so tempting to go back to what you know works and back to what you know will make you money and back to what you know people will say yes to and want more of. And so I had to really say no to a lot of things. I also tried things that didn't work. I spent money on things that didn't work. I put out programs that didn't work and I put out some that did. And so 2021 was kind of like an experimentation year. And then 2022 was really one of those years where something flipped for us. And he did start to come into the business. He started to work on the podcast. He's starting to work on ads. So he's taking some roles in the business, but we went from being my business separate I'm the, I'm the breadwinner. It's all me. It's all me. It's all me too. It's our business. And we're really a team now. And I think that's the biggest shift is we were so separate. It was almost like we were competing. 
because he had his own business. He had a ticket broker business that crashed and burned during COVID because everything got shut down. So he was like, this is a sign that I need to go do something else. And we went from being so separate and almost this underlying competition to really being a team. And he's actually a professional poker player. And so it's one reason we live in Vegas. And while we're here, he has really busy poker seasons. I have launch seasons and it's been this really beautiful, not perfect, but really beautiful kind of blending of how can I support you during your poker seasons? How can you support me during this launch? What can you take off my plate, et cetera? And we've gone through a lot in the last year with some personal life stuff coming up. And we've, if we didn't go through all of that, I don't think we would have survived last year to be quite honest because of how huge of things that happened to our family. And it really just made us go, wow, we have built this rock solid relationship because we're now not operating as two separate entities, but we are a team and what will help the team. And one of the biggest things that helps the team is us being on the same page. We do weekly marriage meetings. We make sure we prioritize our intimacy, even during busy seasons, even if it's a small, small session, you know, it's just something. And so that's been the biggest change. And it's, it's really great. Cause now when I share business stuff with him, he's a part of it. He's not like in the business, like full-time, it sounds like, like Jordan is, or like as much of a role, but he's aware of the launches. He knows the programs. He understands what's going on. He's helping me. He's rooting for me. I'm rooting for him. And it's just, it's just so different. I don't look at it as my business, my money. I look at it as this is just one leg of our financial future. That's just letting us be this beautiful couple together. And we're really having a lot of fun now. Sex and Love Co. is officially back in bed with Yoni Pleasure Palace. We really are a match made in heaven. YPP continuously amazes me. Once a company known for their Yoni eggs and crystal pleasure wands, they have grown into a truly remarkable brand with many services and additional products like glass, steel, and wood pleasure tools for those of you who like a more natural element in your toy collection, as well as waterproof sex blankets. You know, that's one of my faves. Yoni steam herbs and stools strap-on harnesses, specialty vibrators, anal toys and prostate massagers, water and oil-based lubricants, breast massage oil, menstrual products, and so much more. If you can believe, I have quite a collection of things that fall under the category of adult products. By far, the most impressive part of my collection are the items I have by Yoni Pleasure Palace. Every purchase I make or gift that I give from YPP has an element of sacredness to it. And that truly takes them above and beyond any other brand I've tried or that I've worked with. I've got great news, my love. With our recent recommitment and partnership, Yoni Pleasure Palace has increased my code, that sex chick, from taking 10% off of your order to 15% off your entire YPP purchase. Hell yes. So head to the link in the show notes to add Yoni Pleasure Palace to your collection. And don't forget to use the promo code ThatSexChick at checkout for 15% off your entire order. So do you think that it is more important for a woman married to a man? I mean, just married in general, but a woman who's married to prioritize her marriage over her business. I personally, yes, I do. I do. And the reason I say that is because, well, one, I did the opposite. <laughs> and so I know what that was like, but when, and actually our, our uh, mutual friend, Hannah was recently on my podcast and we talked about this, like when our relationship and our marriage is rock solid, my business is better. I can be so much more 
energized and excited and you can see it in my face and my videos and like everything clicks. My creativity is better because I'm having more sex because I feel more creative. Like when, when that is better, I can put so much energy into my business. When my marriage is suffering and my relationship is suffering, I am maybe working more, but it's like half the energy because so much of my brain is thinking about us, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, I mean, I had a feeling what the answer to that question was going to be, because like you said, the alternative is that you prioritize other things outside of your relationship and your relationship, you can feel it and your partner can feel like they are, you know, second rate or on the back burner and that they're barely getting what's left of you, you know, after you pour yourself into, into your work. And so, I mean, Mm -hmm. we're speaking specifically for entrepreneurs and I think we're a pretty unique category because um, it's one thing, you know, to have a, to have a job that there's someone who's the, the leader, who is the entrepreneur up at the top, wherever they are. And you have specific roles and responsibilities and you wear a particular hat and you clock in and you clock out. And that clock out is check out of Mm -hmm. the work. And so, and some people might have, you know, jobs and and all that, that, that it does trickle over and they have a hard time disconnecting from emails and disconnecting from those kinds of things because they're wanting the next promotion or they, they, they risk or they fear being let go and, and all that. And so I do understand that there's some transfer, but I, I think that the entrepreneur is a unique situation because it never stops. I don't think it stops for anyone who's in this role. I'll just speak for myself though. It fucking never stops. It never stops. I'm thinking about it constantly. I'm thinking about my clients constantly. I'm thinking about ways to package, ways to promote, ways to market. You know, I feel really grateful at this point. Jordan and I, neither of us have a, what I'd say as, neither of us are overly excited about the financial bucket organizing, Mm. bookkeeping, strategizing in that regard, taxes, making sure that all of like business legal stuff is all kept up to speed. When we first got together, we were about a year into our relationship and I was navigating doing three years of back taxes. And so it took over a year for me to do it because I was basically, I started taking money and it was going into my personal account. And so my personal and my business was all merged together and it was just like so murky. Mm -hmm. But I came from a corporate gig where I was traveling the world and I didn't have taxes to pay because I was out of the country 11 months in one day. I intentionally was out of the country 11 months in a day. That way I would just come in, fill out a piece of paper and just carry on about my life. And so I did that for almost six years. So I, I had to come off of ships and grow up in the US essentially. Like I had to have my like moment of, well, I'm gonna be a coach and I'm gonna write and I'm gonna figure out how to make money. And then like money would come. And then I was like, oh, well now what do I do with this? All right, cool. Well, you know, money, you pay me. And then I pay my bill and I go get a new pair of shoes. And it was just (laughs) so murky. And, and that, that was really intense. But anyway, as time has gone by, Jordan has really stepped up in learning that portion of our business and working with our tax advisors and working with the people that have set up our, our actual, like our payroll and, and just the business entity itself. And has really given that uh, a type of attention that I don't know if I would ever give it. Like, I don't know where it would come from in me because of all the things that I do, where do I also have time for that? And it's just so grateful that he's not particularly stoked to, Mm -hmm. to be doing that role though, as he continues to grow in his knowledge and he goes on these really painstaking kind of like 
calls with people and where he's absorbing information and he comes back and he's like, my brain hurts. And I'm so grateful that he's able to take that portion of what we do and, and like alleviate the pressure from me in a lot of senses. So, you know, we're definitely working together, but we're also working somewhat siloed in a sense, like you're talking about with your husband. And so, yeah. And I can't remember why I was sharing that as like, that was going to lead me somewhere. But then I was like, oh no, I'm thinking about poor Jordan getting all these fucking calls that he hates. And, but, but <laughs> he's growing as for sure. He's like, he's growing as the, the leader in that regard in our relationship, but also in our family, you know? Yeah. And so, so that's, totally. that's definitely super helpful with regards to like future dad points, you know? Yeah. And it's just definitely. like, I don't, I don't want to have to do it all. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, even something we had to kind of work through, which is kind of wild because it's 2023. You would think this isn't something, but is the traditional gender roles. And especially the last few years, his father passed away last year and we made the mutual decision near the end of his life. He had prostate cancer and we were lucky that we could be in New York and be with him. And I said, Mike, no more poker. You go be with him 24 seven. And we were able to do that. And so we decided that's, what's going to happen. And that's time. Like that's such precious time that a lot of people can't take. And that kind of woke us up to like, we really get to shape this how we want. So when he came back to, to doing poker, there will be seasons where like, I never clean dishes. I don't, I just don't do it. I love to cook and I actually enjoy it. So it's kind of like decompressing for me in a way. So I'll do that, but he'll like, clean the vegetables, cut the vegetables. I'll cook the rest because I don't like the cutting, but he'll clean the kitchen. He organizes everything in our home, all of our flights, everything with our dog, like all the home stuff he's in charge of so that I can just do my work, show up, be creative, do the cooking. And then that's pretty much it. And it's like, I remember in the beginning trying to do all of that and thinking I should. And then when we had a discussion of, Hey, we need to realize that we're going to be in different seasons. When he was in his poker crazy season, he was literally playing 14 hours a day and not, not even exaggerating. It was, I didn't see him. It was wild. I cleaned because he couldn't, you know? And so we just kind of, that was actually a weird thing for a while though, for us, where we thought we had to do certain roles. And I'm like, what is this? This is crazy. Like, let's do what's best for our family. And when we have a kid, he's probably going to take a step back with poker because this is, this business supports us a little bit more and he'll help out more with our baby at home, you know, and we'll see what happens when that happens. But it's just something that's something kind of funny that we had to really overcome, which I didn't expect. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, what do you think when you, you know, go to start your family? Cause this is definitely a place, you know, Jordan and I find ourselves in too, because there's the, I don't know, and consistently having conversations with my girlfriends about this, you know, I, I watched all when we all got together as friends and got really, really close. Everyone was an entrepreneur. Mm. I'm the only one left. Wow. In three years. Wow. So some still have like their podcast, but yeah. with regards to like running programs and dealing with clients and, and all those things, it's just like a steady form of content. And like, maybe there's some passive affiliate income that comes in, but generally like it's mom duty. And I'm looking mm-hmm. around and I'm, and I, you know, there's the, can't remember what it's called. It's, um, I don't know, I'm stuck on the term diffuse awareness, but it's not diffuse awareness. It's like, uh, it's a type of influence that your friends in your close community has on you. And it's, I'm going to have to look this up, but yeah, it's basically where the people that you spend the most time around their dreams and desires essentially become your, yours. And I've had to really come to terms with, and and journaling has helped a lot with this morning journaling, just like sifting through my thoughts and doing the artist's way. 
has really helped with this because I, I felt myself starting to get carried away with like, mm. I'm building this, but what it's for, if what I want to do is be a mom, what is like, really, what is all of this for? And I'm like, but this is for, to support our family. And, you know, being very like in this interesting, I'm trying not to worry about something that's not actually happening yet, you know? Yeah. And hopefully it never does. But at the same time, like, who am I in this? And then like through journaling, I I very recently have been writing about how I don't want to lose this part of who I am and what I do. I'm very, very connected, you know, and not to say that some of my closest friends weren't very connected to what they do. But this, this registers as I eat, breathe, sleep, dream, relationships, sex, love, human connection, personal development. Like this is where I belong. And I know that. And I feel that so deeply inside of me. And, and there's more, like, I feel it inside of me. I'm not done yet. And so I, at the times when I feel like, you know, my close community, I'm starting to get impacted by their dreams and desires where they want to go buy 12 to 20 acres of land and start homesteading in Texas, you know, and start, you know, having lots of babies and chickens and, and all that. I'm just like, you don't want, like you actually like remind yourself, you don't actually want that. That's what the people that you care about. They, they can want that. Let them want that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I've got like, I don't know, three, no, actually there's five, five couples and four of them are remodeling brand new houses, like the houses Mm -hmm. that they, not that house isn't brand new, but new houses for them. And they're remodeling or building and doing this remodeling process. And I'm just like, I'm, that's a full-time job. I'm not doing that. I will not do that right now, you know? And it's just so different where I am now, which is a really interesting thing also to, to navigate is like feeling it's not ostracized. That's not, that's not the word either. It's just like, all of a sudden we're like really different. I'm really different Mm. to you guys. Like, but we're still so, so close. And so I'm just in the curiosity, you know, like what is this actually going to look like? Cause out of all of them, I, well, not, not out of all of them. One in, in particular was, was also her husband's boss. <laughs> and then they sold oh, wow. their company. And when they sold their company, it's like, yeah, okay, we're going to have kids and we're going to do that. But, but anyway, yeah, that, the question of like, what is this actually going to look like for me when we decide to start our family? So what's that conversation been looking like for y'all? Yeah. It's everything you said. I was like, oh my gosh, I, so I see that. And I even see that on not the opposite end, but like, I have a couple really, really close friends who are very single and have no desire to be married or have kids, at least not in the near future. And so I'm so in that place where even, even in that, I can see not, not tension or anything, but just different lifestyles. We want to do different things, like how, where we spend our weekends, you know, things like that. So it's, it's just so interesting to see, see all of that happen. So our, the biggest thing we've kind of talked about is everything I'm doing now and have been doing for the last, I would say six months or so, even more than that, honestly, it's probably been a year at this point is for a family. So I go, can I run this, these programs? Can I run my business as it is right now with kids? And I say yes. And I'm sure once it happens, I'll be like, okay, actually got to take a step back. But (laughs) how I've structured it, I really do truly feel like I can. I have co-coaches, I have people helping, like such a different world than it was a few years ago. So in that sense, I don't see that changing too, too much. And we talked about that, but we've also had the discussion and he said, if you realize it is too much and you need to take a step back, you take a step back and I will take a step up. 
and we will be fine, you know, and, and this is how we're, we're going to do it. And so we're very lucky in the sense that with the online space, once you've built a really established brand, you can kind of do that. You can kind of pivot, you can kind of take a break and then go, Hey, I'm back. And here's this great thing and actually sell it, you know, and we've spent many, many years building that. And so I think because we have that, I feel that's like a nest egg in itself. And I feel very lucky to have that. But we've had conversations about this is the plan. I'm going to continue the way I am. Everything I'm building, I can do while I have a baby, but I'm going to need you to step up in these other ways outside of the business and maybe even in the business. And if I feel like I do need a more of a break, then I'm going to need you to step up in poker and in other ways that he makes money. So it's, it's been discussed, but I'm sure once it actually happens, maybe the plan will go all down the tube. Oh Who yeah. Knows? Oh yeah. <laughs> plan. Ha. Huh. I might be like your friends and be like, just kidding, selling the business by. I don't La- think so. Laugh in the but... face of a plan. <laughs> you never know. Because yeah, I'm like know. you said, I have this, I can't imagine myself not doing something like this. You know, I, it's just such a passion. It's yes, it's to support my family and to make money, but it's so much more than that. It yeah. truly, truly is. It's why we're still here so many years later. So I can't imagine it totally going away. It's going to look different, but I, I can't imagine ever doing it. All right. The question that, that everyone's been waiting for me to, to ask directly, what does your sex life look like? (laughs) You know, (laughs) how do you maintain polarity with this dynamic? What has softening looked like to you or for you and your relationship? And kind of, you mentioned the more traditional gender roles. Yeah. Okay. To redefine them, but still the essence of feminine, masculine energies at play and all that in order to create polarity in order to have two poles that want to come together and have sex with each other. What has that journey looked like for y'all? Yeah. Oh, it's been a journey. (laughs) So been through a lot of masculine feminine embodiment, like I said, practices, weekends, retreats, things like that, all virtual so far. And those were game changing because I didn't have any practices or anything that I could do. And when I actually went through it, I was like, oh, it's really, at least what I learned. It's really a lot of like dancing and just being in your body. (laughs) I was like, I can do that. I love doing that. And it was so much simpler. I thought there was like a switch I had to turn to begin in my feminine. And it's so, it's so different than I thought. And so we both have these practices now that we can do and that we do use to kind of transition at the end of the day. And James and Angela helped us so much with this, but we, and I never thought I would do this and neither did my husband. We schedule sex. Oh oh yeah. Every single week. (laughs) Yeah, so get it. every single week as we're recording this today is one of our sessions yeah. later today. And, yeah. and, you know, sometimes it goes one way. Sometimes it goes another. If one of us is feeling sick or just down or whatever, obviously we are flexible, but we every week have a meeting and we schedule at least two sessions, whether it's a longer session or, or just a quick, quick one. And, and that might look as actual like sex, or it might just be some kind of other intimacy. It might not, not be actual sex. And so that has been game changing because we used to think not scheduling is that you need, you need spontaneity and it's not going to be sexy if you schedule. And it's been the complete opposite for us. So that's been game changing. And we try to do one session on the weekend when we just are a little bit more free and you're not as busy. And then one during the week and now we've started to rotate who takes charge. So I really like when he takes charge, he's definitely more the dominant. I'm definitely more the submissive. But as far as setting up and planning, we are rotating that a little bit, which has been kind of fun because I've been having fun with that too. So yeah, all of that combined has really, really helped. But the scheduling has been game changing for us. Oh my gosh. I love that so much because I mean, there's so many people, if I mention, it depends on the crowd that I, the company I'm keeping or the the crowd that I'm, I've got around me where I'm like, oh yeah, schedule your sex. And it's like, ah, oh, 
no, you schedule sex. It's all going downhill from there where you got to put it on the calendar. I'm like, well, if you put it on the calendar and you reluctantly show up for your obligated one time a week sexual experience where you literally just like take your pants off, you leave the rest on and you just like spread leg, let's do it. You know, I'm just like, oh, that, yeah, no, we're not talking about that. We're literally talking about, we're looking at the reality of a busy life and not just a busy life, but like having, you know, I imagine like your time in the office when you're spending there, but it's like, okay, we're feeling on fire and like we're flowing in creativity and, and organization and getting things done and giving direction and getting on calls and being an authority and all these things. And then to get out of this environment and I'm gesturing towards my office and like getting out of this environment to then go into another room in the house. I'm like, first of it's my responsibility to kind of like shrug and shed what Mm -hmm. is in this office off of me Mm -hmm. so that I'm not bringing that, you know, into my, my connection that I want to have with my husband. Because if I bring all of that with me, he's like trying to be a certain way and I'm immediately critiquing it. Like I'm immediate, Mm -hmm. like holding it at arm's length. And so Sometimes mm-hmm. that's easier said than done. And sometimes I come out of the office and I'm like, I'm having a hard time letting it go. You know, I just, I just <laughs> yeah. have the self-awareness and don't shame myself for not being able to let it go. But I state it, you know, that whole name it to tame it kind of thing. And then Jordan no- knows, oh, I can diffuse this a bit with a little humor, with a little bit of, so he'll start talking to me like I'm softer. He'll start talking to me like I, well, you know, at times like kind of a little girl where he's like, oh, come here, baby. And he's like, was my girl, you know, and he'll like kind of pet my head and he's like, you can let it go. And like, he says it from this like kind of playful, sweet way. And then he'll put, you know, chest to my chest and he'll breathe with me and he'll help me down regulate and he'll help me get, you know, real grounded and stuff. And so, you know, we might have like that window of time, but this is the kind of like crunchy, I don't know, transition in between that we have to go through in order to get to a place where I, we are open to having intimacy or sex with each other. And so, yeah, I mean, like can look like, okay, we need some maintenance sex. It's been a few days. We've been really busy. And so we only have this 40 minute window here where we're both going to be at the house at this particular time. And so like Jordan will come to me and he's like, you ready to bang it out? And like, he's playful (laughs) in that way, you know, but because I know that we're not just banging it out every time I can Mm -hmm. surrender into this is a quickie. Like my orgasm is probably not going to be the best. I'm not going to be as warmed up, but I'm still in it. I'm not enduring for the sake of, you know, we just need to get the sex done. And then sometimes there's windows of time, like you're saying that you plan intimacy where it's like, it's, it's just, it's, it's a window of time that we've both agreed to not put anything else there. Yeah. Yeah. So like, this is sacred. This is sacred. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to plan another Zoom call or a podcast interview or a client session reschedule because that's her only time she can do it. Like that's a boundary that I get to set. And I go, yeah. no, like this is my sacred time. Unless there's, you know, a perfect opportunity to shift it a little bit one way or the other. And then sometimes there's some flexibility there. But then yeah. in that window of intimacy, it's like we can surrender, you know, into knowing that, okay, there are at least, like you said, two times on the calendar. Mm-hmm. So I can exhale. I take the pressure off of myself for that spontaneity. And what's more likely to happen is some spontaneous sex or spontaneous intimacy because we feel surrendered and relaxed and connected. And like we can trust each other to show up. You know, that's a lot of pressure Mm -hmm. to put on a relationship and to put on each other to be in the mood at a random time at the same time. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I think when we started doing this, I was like, wow, this is actually it also, at least for us, like I'm going to text him today. He's going to text me. We're going to like flirt all day. And lets you get excited for that. Just like 
dinner or a show or a night out with your friends, like whatever that is that gets you excited, we get to flirt all day and warm each other up in that way for it. And so it's not just like you said, okay, it's on the calendar, it's time. You know, it's like, we know it's happening and it's something really we can look forward to, especially during busy seasons. It's like, oh, I know I have this, which is really Mm -hmm. filling. So what is your favorite thing that he has or your favorite type of thing that he has planned? You know, what's funny is he always gets so, and I think there's a lot of men in his head that it has to be this grandiose, huge, I'm like, no, you don't need to spend any money. (laughs) You don't need to do anything crazy. And he, well, he did, he bought this. It's the only thing he, he spent money on for this scenario, but he bought, I love baths. I love a good bath. And he bought this bath set up where I could put, it was like a little table basically in my bath. And he drew me a bath, a bubble bath. He put like wine, cheese, crackers, my favorite sexy romance novel. And I think that was it and had that ready. And so I got to do that for about 30, 40 minutes before I went into the room, the candles were set, the bed was made, our dog was in the crate, you know, like all of that stuff. And we just played a game and started that way. But I was like, I feel like a princess. I feel like a goddess that was just taken care of. That was so beautiful. And that did it for me. And that was it. I was like, you don't need to do any more than that. That was perfect. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And then there's like so many people listening to this going, and then holding their breath and then going, that sounds so nice. Right. That sounds so nice. And I mean, whether you've got the fancy table or not, you don't need the fancy table, you know, get a little bedside table or an end table or like the floor. You can set all that yeah. stuff out. Put a towel down. Yeah, put yeah, some stuff yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, those are the times when I definitely feel Jordan's love too, because I know that he's doing something for me, but he also benefits. Like I am 100% a better person every single time I step out of the bathtub. I'm like 100% better than I like of a better person. I don't know how to quantify that, but that's, that sounds dramatic and and accurate. So like <laughs> I am just, yeah, I'm better. I, I feel better. I feel clean. I feel relaxed. I feel taken care of. It just represents presence to mm-hmm. me, you know, but I, there is definitely a challenge though. If I bring my phone too close to the bathtub, yes, because sometimes same. I'll lay there and I'll just answer messages. And I'm like, Alexa, this was besides the point. So yeah, <laughs> same. yeah, that is just so beautiful. And I, I'm glad that you were able to make that happen. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been amazing. And again, like I love, loved all the work that we've done with your, with your coaches, James and Angela, it's been through sex and love co it's been game changing. It has, cause we had so much trust and love, but for us, that was such a missing piece because when you go without it for so long, it all of a sudden becomes this thing. You're like, do I know how to do this anymore? Do I know what I like? And so it's just been a whole discovery. And honestly, we feel like it's just getting started you know, and we're 35, 36. So it's, I really feel like everything's just getting started and it's very exciting. Feel it too. Mm -hmm. I definitely feel it too. All right. Well, thank you so much for having this chat with me for our audience. And again, I know that there's so many people that are listening that whether they're entrepreneurs or not, they still can feel resonance with what we've been talking about and the dynamics that play out between partners in a relationship. And so I think I want to kind of end on, on the note of just hearing you know, in prep for this conversation, which is different to probably most other podcast interviews you do and mm-hmm. the work that you do. Um, so I hope that you had fun getting to share unique stories and different things. And you never know, maybe, maybe now you'll get invited to be on more sexy shows, you know? And, you know, we've been talking a lot about our relationship, even in my business content Great. and how much it's been affected. And 
every time it's my favorite thing to talk about. So I'm like, I love it. This was so much fun. And it was just really refreshing to talk about this part because mm. this is what it's all about. Like yeah. all the money, all the hustle, all the work it's for this life and our, this relationship. So I thank you for giving me a space to feel so comfortable to talk about it. Absolutely. And of course, like all of our threads of connection, the fact that you've worked with some of our sex and love co-coaches, it's just, just, yeah, I'm in my feels about, you know, Mm -hmm. your story and where you're at now and, and the hope and the faith and the excitement for possibility and, and the feeling of it all goes up from here. And Mm -hmm. I feel like we're just scratching the surface. I feel that way all the time with Jordan. I'm like, fuck, we're just scratching the surface, like a big breakthrough. And I'm like, whoa, we have it all figured out. And literally 24 hours later, I'm like, that was a drop in the bucket. And thank goodness, because what kind of a life would we be living if we've like, oh, we've arrived, you know, it's like you have this person that you get to do life with that. It's a, it's a constant, you know, we use a term like festival. It's a constant ever evolving living thing in and of itself is our relationship and how we get to navigate it and, and support each other. And so it's really beautiful. If people want to hear more about you and your work and like really get into what it is that you do, where can they find you? Yeah. Since you're listening to a podcast, I have a podcast called the pretty awkward entrepreneur. That's where I put out, honestly, my most vulnerable stuff, the most fun stuff, the most valuable, I think. So definitely check, check out there. And then on Instagram at Megan Yelaney, always hanging out there in my DMS, feel free to say hi. Yeah. Thank you again so much for having me. This has been really, really refreshing for me to talk about this kind of stuff. So I appreciate it. Of course. And again, thank you for sharing your time and your, your vulnerability with all of our audience. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.